You're listening to Daily Notes, presented by Home Sideways. We're down to two episodes left of Daily Notes for the year of 2022. This year, we journey back to 2007. Talk about Transformers and Lars and the Real Girl. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I drink your milkshake. If you only knew the power of the dark You have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is how I win. Shall we begin? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Almost Sideways Movie Podcast. My name is Adam and these are my daily notes where I have fun conversations about films. My voice kind of just sounds scratchy and I might cough a little bit because I'm kind of battling a getting over a cold. We had some really serious winter conditions up here in Washington. We had snow, we had ice rain, nice layers of uh, ice everywhere. So, uh, but we're, we, we, the movie watching never stops here at, at the household here. So we're going back to 2007 and one of the last episodes of the year 2022. Are my two films here? One I haven't seen before, Lars and the Real Girl. I'm a big fan of Ryan Gosling, so I really wanted to watch this movie here. And also going back to watch another Shia LaBeouf movie from 2007. That is Transformers. I feel like it's a fitting film because it's a, one of the big kind of blockbuster type films that made a lot of money back in 07. And it's also one that I used to watch quite a bit too. I really like that first Transformers. So going back and revisit it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've been watching some really cool stuff here at the house. Uh, I'm recording this on Friday, December 23rd. So I just got done watching Glass Onion. My thoughts will be on the main podcast. So make sure you guys check out those thoughts coming up soon. I also finished watching Wednesday with my family till we binged that show. Some really cool conversations coming up relatively soon uh, next week's episode of the podcast i I'm, I'm debating throwing a review on there but i want to kind of do a letterbox 2022 review recap series because i've been recording everything i've been watching into letterbox you can follow me on letterbox at um, adam sideways on there and you could yeah it'd be really fun to uh, just check the show notes down below like you can follow me on letterbox there and i can we're gonna recap everything i kind of watched and kind of I guess they keep tallies of what kind of who I what actors are in the most stuff I've watched and directors and so on and so far. This could be kind of a fun episode next week, but today, 20, uh, 2007, we're talking about two films. I think we're going to kick off with a headliner, and that is Transformers, directed by Michael Bay and Shia LaBeouf. And starring Shia LaBeouf, rather. Got a little surprise for you, son. No, 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 Dad! Oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I am. You're not getting a Porsche. <laughs> Let me tell you something, son. A driver don't pick the cars. Mm-mm. Cars pick the driver. It's a mystical bond between man and machine. What is this? We're under attack! 
We're facing war against a technological civilization far superior to our own. Our enemy can take any shape. They could be anywhere. A robot, you know, like a super advanced robot. It's probably Japanese. No, 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 no! Transformers is rated PG-13. It has a two-hour and 24-minute runtime. It is directed by Michael Bay, and the writers of the film are Roberto Orsi, wrote the screenplay and story, as well as Alex Kurtzman, and John Rogers is head of the story. And stars Shia LaBeouf, Megan Fox, Josh Dumel, Tyrese Gibson, Rachel Taylor, Anthony Anderson, John Voight, John Turtleto, uh, Kevin Dunn, Julie White, and a lot of other actors pop in there that you may or may not see have seen before. But a pretty big cast for 2007 films. And the synopsis here on IMDb reads, An ancient struggle between two Cybertronian races, heroic Autobots and the evil Decepticons come to Earth with the clue to the ultimate power held by a teenager. So Transformers is a head of a franchise that is a very... Uh, makes a lot of money right it's a big um, box office success especially this first film and i see it made 319 million dollars a little bit more of that as well uh, for domestic box office so worldwide box office it was even bigger but it spawned a huge franchise i think it's up to seven films now you got yeah seven films i think another film comes out in 2023 which actually looks pretty good the rise of the beast looks pretty interesting and I remember watching the trailers for this movie and being super excited to go see this Transformers movie. I thought it looked really cool. It had one of my favorite actors, Shia LaBeouf. And we talked about Disturbia a couple uh, weeks ago on the main show here. And he had a huge year, Shia LaBeouf did, for 2007. He had Transformers, Disturbia. He had Surf's Up. And then the year after that, he had Eagle Eye with Michelle Monaghan, which I really liked as well. Then also all the other Transformers movies. And Shia LaBeouf is kind of an actor now that people like him or love him but on screen persona but his off camera issues are what people are red flagged on i'm still a big fan of the guy's work I, whenever i see a movie with him in it I, i'm getting excited i really i'm i'm an advocate for charlie countryman i thought that's a really underrated movie that he's in I really liked honey boy thought maybe he was loki could have been nominated for an oscar for that movie i'm trying to think of some other ones real quick but uh, even the tax collector even though that got panned by critics a david Ayer film from a couple years ago really liked his character i thought he was kind of a badass in this movie um i, I kind of really liked it so this first transformers we see complete uh 
you know, Shia LaBeouf in his prime, if you will, as this kid. And looking back at 2007, I can't picture anybody else to play Sam Witwicky. And Sam Witwicky is the guy who's just buying his first car with his dad. Um, he has this, this kind of the smooth operator, fast talker, kind of tries to get his in and out of things. And it's just really uh, classic Shia LaBeouf tropes. We see the same thing in like all every movie that he's in, really. And it works completely in this movie. There's a lot of him yelling Optimus at the near the end of the fin finale of the franchise. But Shia LaBeouf, as Sam Witwicky, is kind of perfect because it, it, he's that persona is pretty much what he's like in every other movie. Uh, Michael Bay also gives us another big explosion blockbuster, uh, kind of pay a lot of homage to the military too, which is great. Uh, but the thing with Michael Bay movies, especially at this point, is he's not he's past Bad Boys, he's past The Rock. Big movies are kind of in its rear view window, and now he's all focusing on these Transformers movies from this point on. And that's all we got. We got a saturation of these Transformers, Transformers movies every couple of years, and the stories didn't progress any. So a lot, a lot of them got critically panned. I think the first one is by far one of the better trans installments, of the franchise and has a medic score of 61 on IMDb and also IMDb has a 7.0 a star rating. So definitely the first film definitely got the most praise out of the, all of the um, Transformers films. I think Bumblebee has broken the mold where the streak of really bad critically rated movies. And that's a spin-off film which I really actually liked Bumblebee and I think it's one of my favorite ones in the franchise. I haven't rewatched them in a long time, but I think Bumblebee, the first Transformers, Transformers 3, Dark of the Moon, probably some of my favorite ones in the franchise. Uh, I don't really like the, the Mark Wahlberg ones, and Revenge of the Fallen, Transformers 2 was kind of hot garbage. But overall, this first one was a good kind of kickoff installment and had some really cool things going for it, which I wish they would have kind of built on. The length of the film is really what hurts it for me. It's 2 hours, 24 minutes. And there's a lot of just over, like, kind of repetitive things that happen in all these Transformers movies that make them really blend together. Really long action sequences that, while being engaging, you see the same repetitive actions and shots and stuff. Just really repetitive. I think a lot of these shots and these action sequences could have been trimmed down to make a little shorter film. Where we don't need to see, necessarily need to see a two and a half hour movie of giant robots fighting. Another thing is there's a lot of human characters here. They don't get a really a lot of fleshed out. Obviously, we focus on Sam, but there's so many other minor characters in this first film that get screen time, but we don't get a whole lot of backstory. And like Josh Jumel's character, he's the head of this military uh, tr troop here, and he has a family, but we don't really get don't get a whole lot of backstory. Other than he's this guy, military leader, and has a buddy named Tyrese Gibson in there too. He's in there. We don't get a whole lot of fleshed out development with these characters where we have a, an oversaturation of characters and then also the autobots too we get introduced to all of them and they're just giant robots so you don't get a really a whole lot of it there and i get it this is not a movie where you're going to get like great character development you're really there seeing robots fight robots and if that's what you want it's absolutely a good time Rewatching it after so many years and being kind of harsh and the, the kind of turned off the franchise mind you I found myself really kind of nostalgic for this first film. I, I don't really want, want to go back and watch the whole franchise or report on them, but this first one, definitely nostalgic. And I think I part of because of Shia LaBeouf here and also being a movie that came out shortly out when I was in high school. So I remember going to see this with my friend in theaters and having a blast with it. 
and I remember watching it. So I do have some fond memories of this first Transformers, but watching now in more of a critical eye, it's like, this is a really good movie. It's, it's good popcorn fun, rather. It's not really good on a critical level, but it's a fun that you can just turn it off, shut your brain off, and just have a fun time watching robots beat the hell out of each other. <coughs> uh, with that said, I th let me see here. Let's see if it's got an, it nominated for any awards. It got nominated for three Oscars. That, that's something fun, right? Nominated for three Oscars. Best Achievement in Sound Mixing, which, yeah, the sound mixing was really good. Best Achievement in Sound Editing, really good nomination there. And Best Achievement in Visual, visual Effects. Now, the visual effects here got nominated, didn't win here for any any category here, but the uh, nominations, it's a good nomination for visuals. I think now looking back, a lot of the transformations of the the, the uh, robots, you can't really tell the detail. Uh, they definitely have honed their craft, for, like Bumblebee and such. So uh, still a groundbreaking kind of a visual effect, what they were doing in those um, early stages of this franchise. For the Saturn Awards for Science Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, it did win for Best Special Effects at the Saturn Awards and also got nominated for Best Science Fiction Film here as well. Anthony Anderson got nominated for the BET Award for Best uh, Actor for this movie. That's kind of an uh, interesting nomination there because he didn't really have a whole lot of screen time, but he is funny in the movie for his, uh, his little moments there. So Shia LaBeouf got nominated for Best Newcomer in the Empire Award at the Empire Awards in 2008. Uh, basically a lot of science fiction and science, uh, special effects awards as well. And so seeing them this movie again, it was, it was really cool. I, I think also that Megan Fox is a character person that we need to talk about a little bit here too. She was hitting at her stride here and they definitely kind of, kind of over-sexualized her character and gave her the eye candy treatment and really didn't develop her. She's a person that has a, a juvenile record, I guess. And they also, like, she knows how to work on cars. But she also is, like, sexy. And they kind of really kind of hone in on this sex appeal of that character for this film. I know there's a lot of, that's why she didn't return for, like, uh, Dark in the Moon there. Because of some of the stuff with Michael Bay. I'm not going to get into that right now. But for her in this, there I think there is kind of a good chemistry between Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox. And I think they play well off each other. In the movie as well. Overall, it, Transformers is a, a really fun rewatch. It's a, definitely an interesting piece of 2007 cinema because it's one of the biggest blockbusters that year had to offer. I'm looking at the domestic box office for 2017 off a box office mojo here. We're going to break down this top 10 real quick. Coming in at number 10, The Simpsons movie. Made a lot of money, $183 million there. Number 9, I'm Legend. Almost $200 million, just a little underneath $200 million. Ratatouille comes, up, comes in at number 8 at $206 million plus. Uh, Seven's $300, do not really like that movie at all, uh, but at $210 million. The Bourne Ultimatum, really good uh, third film in that trilogy, $227 million. Uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Fiends comes in at number 5 at $292 million. Pirates of the Car Caribbean at World's End, which I think is actually the the worldwide uh, grossing grossest film of the 2007 at 309 million domestic uh, transformers falls at number three at 319 million shrek the third which is awful at 322 million dollars and spider-man 3 336 million dollars winds up at the top of this list so the, the interesting thing i do see a july 3rd release date so it came out the july 4th weekend which kind of spawned a lot of this money making here so 
really interesting though the top four, three of the four films all came out in may which is crazy you had may 4th for spider-man 3 may 18th for shrek the third and may 25th for pirates of the caribbean at world's end and then we got a July 3rd film with Transformers and July 11th with Harry Potter. And then we got an August release for Born, March for 300, June for Ratatouille, and then December for I Am Legend and July 27th for Simpsons movies. So we got some summer blockbusters. We got some early movies. So it's kind of a good array of release dates there. So anyway, Transformers, it's a fun time. Really good rewatch. Not the best movie. But it's a good nostalgic kind of rewatch for me that I really enjoyed. I like Shia LaBeouf in there as well. So uh, let's move on to Lars and the Real Girl, starring Ryan, Chuck, uh, starring Ryan Gosling. Where's your girlfriend? I don't have one. Are you gay? No. Give this to somebody nice. Mr. Sunshine. That new girl's kind of cute, huh? Something's going on with him. I'm worried. Maybe he wants to be left alone. That's not what he wants. Hey, I have a visitor. Where did you meet this person? I met her on the internet. Yeah, well, everybody's doing that now. You know, Bianca's um, a missionary. My little brother is crazy, right? I mean, he's crazy. If I may, he appears to have a delusion. What the hell is he doing with a delusion? She loves kids. Fantastic. When will it be over? When he doesn't need it anymore. We gotta fix him. Can you fix him? Bianca's in town for a reason. This isn't necessarily a bad thing. How can we help? Go along with it. This must be Bianca. Well, welcome. It can be a communication. It can be a way to work something out. Chances are he's been decompensating for some time. We don't want anything to do with her. What's the big deal? She's a missionary. That's good, isn't it? Hey, what are you doing on Friday? I was just thinking that maybe we could all go out. Does she have a sister? We shot a woman that couldn't talk. <laughs> I don't care. Lars, we do care. No, we don't. That is just not true. Every person in this town bends over backwards to make Bianca feel at home. We do it for you. How'd you know? How'd I know what? That you were a man. You grow up when you decide to do right. And not what's right for you, what's right for everybody, even when it hurts. You're not gonna go to work today, Gus? I don't feel good. Well, Bianca could help you, you know. She has nurses training. Lars and the Real Girl is PG-13. It has an hour and 46-minute runtime. It is streaming on Canopy, so definitely check that out if you, if you haven't. It is directed by Craig Galipsy, written by Nancy Oliver, and stars Ryan Gosling, Emily Mortimer, and Paul Snyder. On IMDb, the synopsis reads, A delusional young man strikes up an unconventional relationship with a doll he finds on the internet. So I really didn't know much about Lars and the Real Girl other than the unconventional story of Ryan Gosling's character kind of ordering this quote-unquote sex doll off the internet and having kind of a relationship with it and how he goes through his life with this doll. That's kind of all I really knew about it. 
I, I knew I really wanted to watch this movie for a while, and Ryan Gosling's in it, so it's kind of one of my favorite actors. And I can look at my top 15 movies, or t top 25 movies of my top 100 list, and you see two uh, Ryan Gosling movies right in the middle of those. So I'm a big fan of Ryan Gosling. And i got to say, Ryan Gosling's terrific in this movie. What I really liked about the movie a lot was that this ridiculous story is um, taken care of. Um, this ridiculous story is handled with such love and care, and it's such a charming film. We see uh, Ryan Gosling kind of having some mental, kind of something mentally, like a mental illness of some sort, uh, where he has this delusion or he has this relationship with this doll. And seeing the family members and the town, mind you, kind of help and help and kind of rally around him. And I thought that was kind of a really charming way of telling the story and bringing uh, kind of a relatability to it. Uh, you can see the uh, Ryan Gosling's on Fleck, tops performer. Like he's kind of, you can see in the, uh, you can see where Ryan Gosling's really blossoming to be a star. He has his little small indie film, but blows up shortly after as being a, kind of a leading man in Hollywood. And having a role like this, where he's not doing anything spectacular, he's just kind of really quiet in a lot of his scenes, and has has a childlike innocence to him in his portrayal of, of Lars. It's it's so charming, and seeing his relationship, seeing the relationship that Lars does have with Bianca the doll, if you would think initially it's like oh it's just going to be some kind of sex doll type of thing but no it's not what he's in his intention he's trying to have this connection with somebody that he feels like he doesn't have that connection with and he wants somebody to kind of keep him kind of safe and comforted and he's also what comes from stems from this relationship with bianca is that he actually gets a little closer with his brother who is played by paul snyder and also emily here as well as paul's wife and I, I really liked their relationship. It's a complicated kind of relationship, but it's also very relatable where they have this really good good, good moments with each other. Well, there's, there's frustrations with the brother and why Lars is acting the way he is, but there's also kind of understanding like we need to help him out. So I really I cared about that. We also need to bring up Patricia Clarkson. Yeah, Patricia Clarkson's character. I think she did a really good job as Lars's kind of doctor here where she kind of hones in on the fact that of kind of the mental um i really liked how she was able to hone in on some of the mental uh, insecurities that lars does have and kind of relays those messages to the family and be able to kind of help as that guiding light for lars to kind of guide and and as well as his family to try to help and kind of help them in the best way to heal as one I thought this was a very charming movie. I really liked this one a lot, and I could definitely, I definitely want to own this one and kind of rewatch it again because I think that the charm of the movie is so, uh, so nice and beautiful. It's a beautiful story, and um, I'll give this three and a half stars. It, it's one that I thoroughly just kind of had a smile on my face. It's it's kind of an unconventional story that you think is going to go you. By the premise, you think it's going to go somewhere else, but it really doesn't. It, it's really charming, and I really like how the town really rallied around Lars and seeing the 
what happens at the very end is it kind of breaks your heart in a way, but also brings kind of really good closure to the family. And I, it's really one I definitely recommend you go go seek out because I think it's definitely worth a watch, especially if you haven't watched it now. Um, so anyway, real quick, uh, I got to talk about those awards here as well. This did get a nomination for at the Oscars for best writing. It got best writing for original screenplay for Nancy Oliver, which is great that the Oscars really do hone in on some really original screenplays and they honor at least one creative one and I, I really like that they gave the nomination to, to Nancy Oliver here for this film because it's something that if it got nominated at the Oscars people may go seek this out and I definitely think it's a worthwhile film to go seek out and we did talk about the big domestic box office movies this came out on November 2nd 2007 and I'm trying to find the box office here it, it was made for 12 million dollars and it made about 90 it made about $5 million, so it took a loss, unfortunately. A worldwide gross, it made a little over $11 million. So it, it didn't make a whole lot of money, but it's kind of one of those ones that you definitely go seek it out. I think it, it, domestic, the box office numbers really kind of do a disservice here, but I think it's a really just charming movie that you should go find out. Go check out Canopy. Anyway. Well, that's my quick takes. I think that's as much my throat can handle right now. Uh, I'm going to go put some more uh, cough drops on it and uh, take care of it. But anyway, next week we're going to talk about the uh, Go Over Letterbox. We might throw a movie review in there. I'm not 100% sure what next week's going to look like, but we're going to definitely do a recap of 2022 for the year of movies. So thank you so much for listening this whole year, and I'm looking forward. I'll be on the main show again. I'll be, I'll be back. Really, really soon. So until next time, Lincoln Park, play us off. <laughs>